Hey guys, it's Sunil Prasad from The Exchange. This is episode 18. We got Q&A today. What's the topic? Topic is basically just doing business in the Vancouver area. We got a lot of questions coming in then from, from local business owners and... No, we got a big community in Vancouver. And that and Van- I think... Vancouver, Canada, not Vancouver, uh, Washington. And I think with with that, you know, there's some weird obstacles and sometimes can be difficult to navigate in the city. I think, I think especially with... You know, just some niche issues that occur here that we've talked about before, right? Yeah, so. but this will help anyone else, if, even if you're not in the Vancouver area and uh, you're somewhere else. I, I think this is uh, definitely going to sure. help. For sure. All right. The first question is from Maria. I'm a realtor in the Vancouver area. And because of the slowdown in the market, my business has suffered where I'm barely getting by and is affecting my relationship with my spouse. What advice can you give me? Uh, Maria, I would be you know see how you spend your day are you actually you know branding yourself marketing yourself if not then i would say you know start that because it seems like you don't have too much in your uh um uh, on your in your pipeline i know real estate has definitely slowed down in in the local market in the vancouver market um uh, other things you can do is you know contact your, your clients if they want uh if they want to upgrade or downsize here another thing i've been telling a couple of realtors is there's a great market right now where somebody bought their home say 15 years ago 12 to 15 years ago they couldn't afford the market they wanted to be in so they kind of settle for where they have now they probably bought this house for 250 300,000 back then that house probably today is worth 1.3 1.4 mm-hmm. right approach them and you know get the listing in that house, sell it, and get them to move into an area where they always wanted. And if that market is 2 million, you can actually negotiate that down to 1.5. I think it's a perfect time right now to upgrade a home because the higher market uh, has has come down. So it's just a matter of being patient and, and talking to the people. And it's a lot more work today. You know, real, realtors, mortgage brokers, insurance agents had it easy for 20 years. Uh, you know the phone was ringing the market here was just unbelievable now it's it's work they have to you know you, you just can't sit there and Is that they, have to listen do to the phone you know and and uh, have the phone ringing you need to go out there and pay, you know pound the payment and get your business in does that have to do with with the market does that have to do with a saturated um, workforce in the in the real estate industry. No, like- I think that just the market, the the market slowdown. There's a, there's a lot of uh, changes that uh, the government put in place that slowed the market down. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I agree with some of it. But now it just comes down to uh, how hard you work. Here's here's the thing: if somebody has built their brand over the last couple of years, of uh, you know, say twenty years ago, uh, you know. Uh, bus bench advertising or billboard and and then to Google um, SEO and then into Facebook and Instagram those, those people are doing pretty well because mm-hmm. they, they have a name out there they have a brand it's not like real estate hasn't stopped it's still happening it's not happening as fast but it's still happening so it's just a matter of networking getting out there meeting the people yeah. right if you don't <clears throat> like to do that um, then find another way but you know this is this comes down to like really really figuring stuff out and regarding your spouse I would you know talk to your spouse communicate with them you know let them know that you know the industry is slow it has slowed down and I need to uh, figure something else out 
pick up side jobs. Uber's coming to town. A lot of realtors have great cars. All right? Drive that until it picks back up. But uh, if you're sitting, if you're one of those people that's sitting there and thinking, you know, sending emails or, or making, uh, or not making calls and waiting for calls to come into you, uh, those days are done. You need to, you need to get out there and hustle. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you think there's, there's a stigma around driving an Uber or something like that where someone who maybe has had an established career and as a realtor or something like that and all of a sudden it's like oh man I gotta drive all that shit doesn't matter if you can't pay the bills period Mm. period if your kids aren't eating if there's no if you can't afford the mortgage or afford the rent they'll do anything next question from we have Mr. Singh I own a taxi in Vancouver and with Uber coming I guess a good segue with Uber coming I do not know what to do should I sell my taxi and drive Uber or just keep the taxi uh, that question's a little too late. I wish he would have uh, sold this about five years ago. Right? Where we, we could have got the money for it. I don't think there's a market for for cabs. Look, I know it because we we finance a lot over the last ten years. Right between the last ten and five years, we we I've seen a lot of companies, uh, uh, cab companies that we financed. But as soon as we heard Uber and, and uh, Lyft coming over the last five years. You know, lenders have stopped financing that that type of business, and it's it's hard, it's hard, hard to sell. Mr. Singh, well, if I was you, if I still had that cab, I would uh, I would hire somebody to just drive the cab, and I would go get my my Uber whatever license or uh, permit, permit, and uh, and, and <clears throat> test both out and see what happens. <clears throat> do do cab drivers own their own cabs? I thought they some of them do. Some of them some depends of them. on the yeah. yeah. What happens, some of them will own like, you know, one and they'll drive nine, you know, they have 24 hour license, right? They'll drive uh, for eight hours and give somebody else the other 16 hours or, uh, you know, and then weekends. So one one cab with like four drivers or something, one weekends, one uh, uh, daytime, night, evenings, they'll break it up. What would you say between the two? I would I would go heavy with uh, uh, Uber. Yeah. <clears throat> That's just the way. Look, other mar- you've seen this in all other markets. They completely destroy the, the cab market. So it's, it's going to happen here. Even in New York? Well, I'm not sure exactly the numbers, yeah. but I think there's going to be a big amount where it crushed them. Mm-hmm. Even the value of the cabs. They have gone down. Right. right? I, I don't know those numbers, but based on you know the people that I talk to, uh, I think there's... It, it definitely has taken a market share. Okay, moving on. We have Clay. <clears throat> I'm a chef in Vancouver, and my childhood dream is to open up my own restaurant, but the commercial lease prices in downtown Vancouver are very expensive. Should I take the chance and open my restaurant in downtown or go to the suburbs where the lease is cheaper, but my clientele is not there? Clay. Clay, I will look at the type of food that you're... Uh that you're making and is that for what market is it for the high-end market in Vancouver or is it for uh, you know the average families that you can do it on in the suburb uh, I would look at that um, real estate is a big big part especially in the in the food world where um, the par- profit margin is three to five percent um, so you got to really watch the real estate costs that's a hard one there clay um, for me, I would actually test. I, I would go out to the suburbs. I would test. I would go out there. I would uh, cheaper lease, 
and start out there and build a clientele out there and uh and eventually what happens is you can uh, you can move back into the city while that one's doing well and and open another one in the city um but i think commercial prices on lease will start coming down in the city probably in the next little while um and this is just my opinion but i think when you have so many vacancies uh, retail vacancies as we see in, on Robson Street I, I think uh, it gets to a point where commercial tenant sorry commercial landlords will start dropping prices to get people mm-hmm. in <clears throat> right? and then you can just or see a, a a restaurant that's going under not because of poor location but because of poor poor management and try to get that at a cheaper rate uh, and then you have everything built in there right all the kitchen stuff is already built in there but yeah i would you know go to affordability because there's no point in coming into a into vancouver where you really can't afford it and, and run something it's just it's, it's a disaster but here's another thing like why, why not team up with somebody yeah. some you know team up with somebody that <clears throat> has the has the backing and they can afford it and uh you know they take 51 you take 49 whatever it is and uh and go that way we're getting a group of buddies and go in that way. Mm-hmm. There's there's many ways of doing it. You can do creative. They can do business, kind of a thing. You can, whatever. But I'm more of a fan of you know somebody t- you know starting a restaurant, and then having your special sauce or your special bread or your meat, whatever it is, and now you become a product company. Beyond Meats, like that, that thing is, it's a powerhouse. Right, you know, selling your uh, here's the restaurant, perfect. Okay, out of that restaurant, what do people love? They love this sauce. Okay, good. How do I package that? How do I market that and start another company out of that? Right. And I think that's how most restaurant companies uh, scale. Not restaurant companies, but the owners of the restaurant will will scale their business. Right, is getting into the product side. Mm-hmm. Cool. Moving on from Rennie. <clears throat> I work as a general manager for a company in Vancouver, and my boss would like to retire and sell his company. I've been managing the day-to-day operations for five years, and I know this business very well. I also deal with our clients, which are government contracts, directly and have the respect of all the workers. I'm the best person to buy this business, and my boss would love to sell me the business. My problem is I do not have the money to buy the company. I've tried getting a loan and either got turned down or the interest rate is so high that the business will not be able to pay the loan. Any outside-of-the-box ideas? Uh, Rennie, I would say there's two things here. Rennie, if you have real estate, I would use real estate as your security. Let's just say you have a house and there's some collateral there. I would go and uh, uh, go to the bank and approach the bank, say, hey, look, you know, I got equity at home. Could you take security against the house? I need some money to, to purchase a building. That's what I will do. And second is a thing called vendor take back. Vendor take back means the current owner of your company is actually gives you a loan for that company right say uh i want to buy this company for x amount of dollars okay great i'm gonna you know i'll give you you know this much as a down payment and i'll i'll make you uh, i'll do the payments plus interest and eventually i'll own the company in in the next 5 10 15 years whatever that is um th- those are the two ways i'll go if if you don't have the cash right now vendor take back is a great thing and if your boss does not need the money, it's probably a great way of, uh, of getting it. You know, at the same time, they can retire and they're still making interest on their money. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are the two best ones I can give you, Renny. Next question is from Dave. <clears throat> I own my business <clears throat> in the Vancouver area. Would rather not stay the type of business or location. 
I, my business has been for sale the past few years. I have had people interested, but financing was a problem for them. The problem is my business is in a dying industry locally. I own the property, a few acres. We own all the equipment and product. The company has no debt either. What can I do, Dave? D- Dave, this was uh, this one's interesting. If th- if it's a dying industry, uh, and you own the property, why don't you just get rid of the inventory and also the machinery sell that off separately and now you have a land which you can sell as well i would split that if they're just trying to sell that business with the land and it's not selling sell the business side of it yeah or, so or forget sell the business like write the business off mm-hmm. right seems like they, they made money off of it already kill close the business the close the shop Whatever inventory there is left, sell the inventory at a discount. Whatever machinery that they have, find your competitors. You know, sell the machine to them or to whoever can use it. And now you have bare land or land with the building. Now you're open to so much more, more uh, buyers, mm-hmm. right? You're not specifically looking within that industry. Now you're looking at, okay, mm-hmm. I got real estate. Yeah. I got real estate with a building. Who else, who can come in here? A yoga studio, purpose, a, a yeah. restaurant, a, a mortgage company, um, manufacturer, food manufacturer, anything. Mm-hmm. Anyone can come in there. Mm-hmm. But if it's specifically, you know, built for one thing, then not selling, I would, I would break it up. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, that's all I got for you. I was gonna say if there's any other comments you want to have on the Vancouver business scene. Uh, comments of Vancouver. Look, Vancouver business, it's, it's the same as everywhere around the world. I think, you know, San Francisco has the same problem with, with the restaurants and uh, uh, the cost of real estate there. So, you know, that works over there. Um, Uber, you just got to, you know, test out other markets. Uh, Mr. Singh, I, I would contact an Uber driver, a, a cab company in, uh, in like a place like San Francisco, in a place like Seattle, in a place like uh, Toronto. And, you know, what? How has that affected them? Mm-hmm. And see what happens. They're the best judge, right? Because they, they went through this. Um, here's another one for me. The truck drivers. That whole industry is going to be dying down with all these uh, uh, you know self-driving trucks that's coming. It's coming. It's coming. You know, mm-hmm. the technology is there. Sensors are already there. It's just a matter of government passing it, right? And then doing some tests. And I, and I think that's just going to be out there. You think in our lifetime? Oh, for sure in our lifetime, man. I I would be surprised if I don't see that in the next five to seven years with really? Amazon, with, mm-hmm. with Walmart, in the States, not here, mm-hmm. in the States. Obviously, Canada always uh, takes much longer, uh, but I, I can definitely see that. The Amazon, they, they, the, the whole thing is built for it. Yeah. Right? They got the money to purchase these things, you know, and uh, and get it going. And probably not for long hauls, but who knows? But you know, definitely short hauls from here to there, like from you know the shipping yard over to the to the warehouse, which is like three miles away or two miles away or two kilometers away. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's a lot of this stuff. And like, if I was uh, a truck driver that that has um, you know a decent sized company, I would be looking at okay, should we be buying another ten trucks for the next twenty years or should we be really fixing the ones that we have right now because we know self-driving trucks are really coming, will be coming soon and could we purchase those? Like I won't go into into big, uh, get into big debt. 
And then also if somebody is, uh, you know, young and wants to get into truck driving, I would, uh, honestly, I'll find something else. That, that, that industry can go like this, snap of a finger, right? Just because Tesla comes out with something, GM will come out with something, whoever, Sterling, if they're around, whatever truck companies there are, Mac, and, uh, and just change the whole game. Why do you need a person behind the wheel if you, you really don't need it? If there's computers and sensors and everything there in place. So, yeah, look at those industries. Uh, what was the first question that we had? The realtor, <clears throat> because of the slowdown in the market. Yeah, like if you're not marketing, if you're not branding yourself from day one. I look at I look at business like this. If I take my foot off the gas in a car, it's going to slow down. Same thing with marketing. If I take my foot off, nothing's going to happen. If I don't make calls today, I'm not eating tomorrow. If I don't run ads today, I'm not eating tomorrow. I get that. That always has to be down, mm-hmm. right? I'll probably take it off a little bit on the weekend, but it's when I, Monday, Friday is back down. Same thing. Same thing in real estate, and more and more today, especially when the market has slowed down. Now it just comes down to educating people. Like, right. look, you got tons of equity in this property. We can get you something better. That's up here. That's coming down versus you, you know, in this area where. Mark is really not doing anything. We can probably sell this for the same amount as it was worth last year and buy something that's on a, on a higher end market that has come down 20, 30%. We, I got a loan that came in last week. The house is listed for 3.7. Somebody offered 3.4, can't get 3.4. The listing he has, he's got listed now and offers are coming at 2.8. Like, that's great for the ones that can sell their place and, and buy something that's at one time was worth 3.7 mm-hmm. on paper and get it for 2.8. And then that's a great deal. I think that's a good place to end it. All right, guys. Till next time.